you really do need to be in the pursuit of feeling great all the time and not just feeling fine. Like, I don't want to just feel fine. I want to be a superhero. Welcome to Get Seen Unscripted. I'm your host, Jesse Malinowski. We are going to dive into acting insights, meet industry pros, and master the business. Don't forget to subscribe and share. We're keeping you behind the scenes and ahead of the game. Hey, what's going on, everyone? My name is Jesse Malinowski. Welcome to Get Seen Unscripted, a brand new podcast coming your way. And I'm super excited to be bringing in all of our incredible guests that we continue to work with and have been over the last decade. Some of the top agents and casting directors here in the Southeast, along with some of my most successful actor friends as well. But for our first episode, it had... No competition on who I was going to bring in. It was the beautiful, the wonderful, my wife, Candace Malinowski. However, her actor name is way better. And I thank you for taking my last name, but Candy Vandy Zandy. That's me. And I know everyone is like, there's no way that's your real name. So you can just go ahead and talk about that. It is my real name. Um, It's cool now, but it wasn't cool in kindergarten. It was actually really horrific. But no, my name is Candace Vandy Zandy. It's Dutch. It means from the sand. Um, so I'm like a pearl, I oh, guess. I, I, yeah. Yeah. But you don't even like pearls. <clears throat> pearls are fine. Oh, all right. So yeah. So Candy Vandy Zandy was my actor name because Candace Vandy Zandy is way too long to put on a headshot. And that's still my actor name. But now my real life name is Malinowski. Well, Candy Vandy Zandy. I mean, I remember you were at... You were at my house and we learned that it was Vandy Zandy and that- Your house with your roommates? With my roommates, the bungalow, as we called it back in the day. So we were at the bungalow and I remember I remember being like, too bad your name's not Mandy. Yeah, so remember? I could really sound like a stripper. <laughs> yeah, what? too bad. And so you were like, well, I can go buy candy. And I was like, oh my gosh, candy Vandy Zandy. This is obviously, this has to be your name. But I remember you being a little scared about it. Well, yeah, because my agent at the time was like, I don't like three names. Three names is weird. And I was like, ah, I don't know. Is it really going to like pigeonhole me? You know, here's the thing. I think actors get really caught up in this like name thing. Like actors will email me and their name is like Liza Jane. And then all of a sudden they'll email me again and they're like, I'm Emily Sue. And I'm like, these names aren't even kind of the same. So I think like you get really caught up when you become an actor and you're like maybe I need a new name but it's got to be the right name because I want it to really like represent me so anyways I just thought Candy Vandy Zandy sounded a little comical and nobody would take me seriously but every audition you go in what happens they love it they do love it yeah yeah <laughs> all right well some people may not know this but Candy was in like an intern one of our helpers if you will um at Get Seen. Um, wait a second. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh First God. of all, I'm like one of your helpers. I was like the only helper. Well, there were other people. Kind of? Yes. I'm very thankful for the for the team and everyone that helped at Get Seen. Yes. Right. But I'm like, I was like You were the best. Well, I was also really just like me and Virginia for Yes. A while. Virginia Kirby. Love Virginia. Yeah. She helped us so much in so many things. Yeah. But now 
with us being married, you are officially co-owner of Get Seen. Oh, okay. It was the marriage that did it. It was the marriage that did it. But you, I feel oh, okay. like you, 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 you earned it. No, a hundred percent earned it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, my my question is, can you talk about <laughs> some of uh, some of the the triumphs that maybe you have seen with Get Seen? Yeah. Or struggles, if you'd rather talk about that, I guess. Well, no, I mean. The struggle, really, the only thing I can, the first thing that comes to mind is, like, man, there are so many ants in Georgia. And, like, you don't even think about, like, ants coming down through the taping room when you're trying to tape people. But, like, just, like, ants, like, creepy crawling down the back wall, like, while you're trying to tape. So annoying. And I remember my mom, when I was opening up Get Seen, she was, like, for some reason so obsessed that we had good snacks and she's well, like, you know why? Because you are 0% interested in ever eating. And so thankfully, another woman in your life was like, no, you have to give people food. Right. Well, she was very, I'm just saying that probably contributed to the ants. I don't even know. No, it was the sugar for the coffee that contributed to the ants. Mm. And the Keurig rain. hack. When it rains in Georgia. Our, our Keurig, how many times did the Keurig break? You Speaking shouldn't of coffee, tell people that. Don't That's tell embarrassing. People. All right. The Keurig broke a couple times. Three times. Three times? I just took that thing You're, back to Sam's Club. I just said Club. don't tell anyone. I That's embarrassing. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Why? No, it's not. I just took that thing with no box back to Sam's Club and they gave me a new one. They did. I remember uh, you would be like, All this right. is not going to work. Well, that's your Get Seen triumph. <laughs> that's what you remember from Get Seen. I got two Keurigs. <laughs> no, like three. Three Keurigs for free. I mean, to be honest with you, we should have just stopped buying Keurigs. Like, yeah. That's probably what it should have been. That would have helped with the ants. So that, so the, those are the struggles. So right. the, the ants... Which is true, but... No, I mean, but, I think, like, we... I mean, we created the first walk-in self-taping service, um, and that was massively successful. Um, we would... I mean, I remember we would have up to, you know, 20, 24 people a day coming in. They'd release the break. You'd see it because everybody would get it, right? They'd release the breakdown, and it's like, you're reading for this role, but you're reading these two sides, but then we want three takes of each of these sides. So you'd have like, you know, 20 people in the deadlines in like 24 hours, right? So you'd have like everybody rushing to get it taped and everybody be doing like six takes and you're just like, oh my gosh, this is a lot of people and yeah. a lot to do. But that was great because we were able to help so many actors. Um, and personally, it was really good because when you read with people, you just continue to get better at script analysis. You continue to get better at your own craft. You see like what's working, what's not working. Um, and then, you know, you help people and they come back and they say, I booked. And you're like, that's amazing. Cause you're like, we booked that together. Um, you know, you had a dream of having a large space with a theater and we accomplished that. And that was really busy all the time, you know? So I think like just continuing to, evolve and grow and change is something that the get seen brand has done and i think that's a triumph in itself yeah yeah for sure um you talked about the taping service and how it it helped you with script analysis you know i i feel like as actors we always have like a friend or someone that we will also tape or whatever and so you were doing that before you ran the taping service at what point do you think it starts to like 
help way more? Like, is there a certain number of scripts that you're breaking down per week or is it just like the every single day, right? Because you were there Monday through Friday. But I guess I'm just like, if an actor was like, you know what, I know that's going to help me and I want to I want to do that. Maybe I'm not opening a taping service, right? But like, how many people do they need to be helping? It's like how many different people too? Because it's not just taping one gender or ethnicity or age group. Like I was doing kids, I was doing seniors, I was doing men, I was doing women. I was, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's not so much like a number of how many, it's about consistently doing it. Because the more consistent you are in doing it, like the faster you're going to sharpen those skills. So it's not like, you know, oh, I did 50 people and now I've really got it. I think it's about consistently doing it, especially, I mean, I think that's the best thing you can do. I mean, being in classes is great, but like just volunteering to tape people is really, really good for you. I think that's a good point, right? And that's something that an actor could focus on that you're like, okay, I haven't taped anyone in a couple of days or I haven't taped anyone in a few days. You can make your markers whatever you want, you know, as the actor, like, you know, at least I got to do this at least a couple times a week or I want to try to do it every day. And it's like upping that actor community. And like you said, it was like all the demographics too, right? If you're only taping the same demographic, then they all get the auditions at once, where if it's a different one, then different auditions come in, right? So yeah, having, being able to help as many of your actor community tribe members, if you will, and and really staying on top of that. I feel like a lot of times you sort of gravitate as a person to people who are also your type. Mm. So like your friends are, you know, potentially auditioning for the same thing you are. And that doesn't really give you any you know, like you just get such a closed minded picture of like what's going on in the industry and like what's roles are available in the shows and like other types of scenes to break down. And, you know, something that was also really helpful for us was we were also getting people from out of town because it was walk in. So like I would see shows, you know, pilots from L.A. come in and get to work with them on their script. So I think especially now that we've gotten through the pandemic, like really being a champion for other people and volunteering to read is not only helpful for them, but it's so, so valuable for you as an actor. Did, did you see like a big difference between the actor that came in from out of town and how they maybe auditioned compared to the the average Atlanta or Southeast actor? Yeah, I feel like they were just way more confident. And it wasn't like, you know, a lot of, I mean, when I would take people from LA, a lot of times they would hold the script. So it wasn't necessarily like, they knew all the lines. Now, granted, their scripts were like 11 pages. So, you know, it wasn't necessarily that they knew all the lines, but it's like they knew exactly what they wanted and how they wanted it to be filmed. You know, they'd be like, I need you to move the lights here. I want the camera here. I want it to look like this. All right, let me see it. No, I don't like how I moved here. It was just a lot different. A lot of the Southeast actors would sort of come in wanting me or whoever was taping to like make all the choices for them. Um, but I felt like when people would come in from LA or come in from New York, they were just very much in ownership of their art and in ownership of what they wanted it to look like. And it was great for me because I, I loved seeing that confidence and it just made for a much better audition. Mm, you spent, you spent time in Los Angeles as an actor. How do you feel like that 
maybe change your perspective coming back to Atlanta and, and, and continuing to chase it and just kind of, I guess, maybe like the entire entertainment industry in general? I mean, I think something that stands out for both markets is that like a lot of people here will say, well, I want to move to L.A. because L.A. is going to be different. Right. And I'm not saying that that's like not how it is, it, like that it wouldn't be somebody's path because I can't predict someone else's path. But I do feel like the same struggles and things that like people are feeling here are the same things in L.A. Like, you know, there were just so many actors in L.A. that were not happy, you mm. know. And look, there's nothing wrong with this, but I'm like, they're in their 30s and 40s doing a career that they don't love to try to become an actor. And they're just so desperate. And it's like, you know, there's just this feeling of like constantly trying to grasp at straws. And I think sometimes actors here can feel like that as well. And so that's why I just think it's really important that you find a community of people you get plugged into that don't just focus on acting all the time that also focus on doing other things to make you happy besides just working and acting. Because in LA, it's so expensive. You really didn't have time to do, you're in acting class and you're working seven jobs, right? Like that's how it is just so you can live in this like tiny little shoebox room. It's really important, I think, to have things that you love outside of acting. And I think it's really important that you don't just identify as an actor, that there's so many other things that you can find joy in. And I think that that's how it was out there. And I think that sometimes I see that out here. And I just think that like, that's something we as a community need to kind of push through. I remember saying the exact same thing when I lived in New York. I'm like, I'm, I'm literally like working as much as I can, as hard as I can just to like survive. Right. And then I don't have any time to actually go after my dreams of being an actor. And, and that was one of the reasons that I, I left New York and and really, at that time, like I thought I was going to give up, actually. And, and luckily, the business kind of brought me back in. But you were talking about talking about balance. How do you feel like you balance your life? Or do you, do you sometimes struggle with that, too? I mean, I really like to be busy. I just need to make sure that I always have something that I'm working towards. So whether that's something personally or professionally, you know, I just I would rather keep my schedule full than like have a totally free day. Sometimes that kind of freaks me out. Um, I think that I find the balance in just making sure that if something ever doesn't feel good, like, especially with acting, if there's something, if I'm like getting auditions and I just am not feeling excited about them, then I need to figure out what that is. Is it that I didn't have enough time to put into them? Is it that I feel like I'm overwhelmed and I'm putting too much time into them? Is it that I feel like this character isn't right for me. And in that case, I probably just need to do more homework to try to make it fit me better. Like if I'm not feeling good about it, then I probably need to go do something else, like go take a walk or go on a hike or go, you know, because I always say this, like acting is a choice. Like nobody's forcing you to do it. And so I think if there's anything in your life that you're just feeling unhappy with, I think it means like you need to take a step back from it and try to incorporate some other things in there. So my balance comes from my checks and balances of how do I feel about this? Like whether it's the gym or with acting or am I putting too much time and focus on this? Do I need to incorporate some other things? Yeah. I, and, and you can cover your ears, but cause there's no girls before you, but when I was <laughs> dating um, right. before you, uh, one of the problems I always felt like was like, 
I'm like, I need someone that's going to challenge me. And that was one of the things that I thought you did a really good job with is challenging me when because it came. Because they beat you in the games. No, I beat you in the games. Because they beat you in all the games. Listen, you tested video games and then I beat you in every video game. You beat me in one video game. It was football, which I, I beat you didn't in the racing test. games too. Also, I don't like sports games. That's fine. Anyway, you challenged me uh, really on the health and wellness journey. And so I feel like you were so passionate about that and just really so knowledgeable in that area. Because too. I'm a doctor. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Everyone, we went on a cruise and we were sitting with a doctor. This was. Probably the best moment of my life. I mean, getting married was great, but like this moment. When this happened, everyone, I was like, I wish you didn't say that, sir. <laughs> Literally, this doctor, this retired doctor is 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 talking to us at dinner. And then Candace starts talking. And she is really knowledgeable about this stuff because she just does so much research. And then he says something along the lines of, wow. You're like a doctor. Mm. And I was like, no, 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 sir. <laughs> don't say that. It was too late. It was too late. So anyway, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know when we first got together if you were a doctor, but you're you're close to being a doctor I've now. I've always I guess. been a doctor. Okay. Well, anyway, where did this passion come from? Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually don't even know. Oh, well, I think a lot of it has to do with vanity. If I mean, if I'm being honest, yeah, please. Because do. aging is a disease, and I'm all about fighting diseases. Um, so Stella Adler has a quote that I've always loved, and oh, it's, bringing this back to acting, interesting. This is the whole point of this, right? Wow, yeah. I'm doing a great job. I didn't say you weren't. Yeah. So Stella Adler has a quote that I love, and it's it, she says, "Actors can't get sick, or actors don't get sick." And I just, I just think that's so true because it's like, nobody's checking in with you. Like, hey, are you feeling okay today? Like, can you do this guest star audition? Or like, hey, do you feel like driving overnight to Louisiana to audition for this one-liner? Like, is that okay? Like, are you like physically capable to say that you can roller skate in this music video? You know what I mean? Like nobody's, nobody has time to like check in with you. And so- you really do need to be in the pursuit of feeling great all the time and not just feeling fine. I think a lot of people confuse feeling okay and feeling fine with feeling great. For me, it's not enough to just feel fine. I want to be a superhero. Like I want to, you know, figure out how I can biohack my body to stay up if I need to and get great sleep when I'm sleeping and have great skin and, you know, have the energy to do all of these things and memorize lines well. And I just think that to me has always been really fascinating because I do know that you have the ability to change how you feel with the different inputs that you put, whether it's the things you eat or the things you drink or the exercise that you do, like you can change your body and you can change your mind, you can change how you feel. And so all of that is just really important because you can't be your optimal self if you're not feeling great, you know? Yeah. You said that the difference of feeling fine or okay and great, but that maybe some people don't necessarily know the difference. How, how do you think they figure that out? Like, Hey, you're actually at like mediocre. 
Yeah. If, and, and you should be fighting to get to great. How, how does someone distinguish that or figure it out? Yeah. I mean, I think, first of all, we accept a lot of things as normal that I don't personally think are normal. Like, we accept afternoon fatigue as normal. Like, well, I just need to go get another cup of coffee. Or, like, we accept getting older and, like, feeling achy or, like, injuring ourselves from sleeping. Like, we accept these things as not – don't laugh. That's a real – thing when you after you turn 30 like when you wake up you're like oh my gosh i slept incorrectly which i didn't realize didn't know that was a thing was a thing yeah and i think that that phrase like like oh i'm having a snack attack you know what i mean like i think we just accept these feelings as something that's normal like it's normal to feel like crap or it's normal to like be hungover or it's normal to like crash in the afternoon or it's it's normal to not have any energy like and I think that people should really kind of reevaluate what like do you really feel like that's normal or do you feel like that might be something society has told you is normal and then see how you know like how that resonates with you because I don't resonate with I know that like my ancestors probably didn't have a two o'clock afternoon crash right I don't think that they did I think they were like just trying to survive like fighting woolly mammoths you know, so right, right. I don't think they're like, oh, I'm having a snack attack, like mm. gotta go get a fruit roll up. Like, I don't think that's what was happening. Yeah, I think that we need to be really mindful of what has marketing told us is normal for a human body to feel and what is actually where do we want to be? Because I think that you can get to where you want to be. You know, it just takes maybe cutting out some bad habits. Yeah. Uh, everyone that I know, I get messages like, I want to drink Jesse's coffee. Now you see, I just have a fantastic wife making sure that I'm putting all the right things in my body. And that's really where all the energy comes from. You have an, you have a different amount of, of crazy energy though. <laughs> you have a different amount of, like, I feel good, but you have like crazy energy that I've never, you're different. Who was it the other day that said, like, I would play a golden retriever in a, in a Pixar movie? Everybody says that. Yeah. That's your spirit animal. I'm like, yes, I would be a golden retriever. Yeah. They're just so happy and running around and no, excited about life. You're great. I'm talking about. That's you. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. If you're an actor and you're enjoying this, then I can promise you, you are going to love the Atlanta Actor Summit brought to you by Get Scene Studios. It is our three-day online event that is going to blow you away. Since we're Get Seen, you can expect the top industry pros. You can expect to come together with other actors and really gain that actor tribe and build that community. And then you're going to be able to put together a really solid game plan for your 2024. So everyone, the event is December 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. It is the Atlanta Actors Summit. You will not want to miss it. Right now is early bird pricing. So you can grab your ticket right now and get it at the most affordable rate. Again, this is a three-day virtual event. So mark the days off and grab your ticket now and enjoy the rest of the podcast. One of the things that that you kind of went through, but I, I really want to compliment you on it. And I think your story will help some people here is that for a long time, you were vegan, and mm -hmm. then you you switched to being carnivore, which is a complete opposite journey. And I know that there were some struggles, and really, I mean, for both of us to go through together. But I mean, that must have been really hard. 
And I think a lot of people go through things and they have things that are connected to their identity and they think, well, if I change, then I'm wrong or I'm bad or I've been a hypocrite. And so people don't want to change for the better. And and not that carnivore is better or vegan is better. It's just better for you. Yeah. I think people struggle with, you know, making some drastic changes. I mean, I think you couldn't use that analogy for like, I mean, I see that also with people only studying with one acting coach, one method. Mm. They're like, this is the method I use. Like, this is what I believe is true. And this is who I am. And especially when we're talking about diet, I think that we really just want to find support and we want to find people that are like us and we want to connect. And food is an easy way to connect with people. Sometimes there's a lot of like really loud voices that just aren't good for you, but you can't hear them because everybody's talking all at one time. You know, for me, I loved being vegan. I didn't want to change necessarily, but I know now that I was also ignoring a lot of the health things that were coming up because I was thinking, well, I just like wasn't vegan enough, right? Like I just wasn't eating enough kale. <laughs> like <laughs> I just didn't have enough spinach in my smoothie, even though I had a pound of spinach in my smoothie and it tasted awful, but I just wasn't vegan enough. Um, and it was really hard because I felt like, what is everybody going to think? Like I had vegan in my Instagram profile. So mm. like, what am I going to do? Yeah. Am I going to delete all the pictures of me eating vegan food? Like, are people going to think I'm a hypocrite if did I post you? a picture? Well, I did. But <laughs> 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 I mean, <laughs> I mean, I've, obviously I did. I didn't want to any kind of conflicting messaging here. Sure, sure. Um, you know, but it's just like, not for everybody, but I know for me, like, it, it really was a community that I had been. I mean, when I was in L.A., I did tours with PETA. Like, it really became a community. And I think, like, when you're around people and they're all passionate about the same thing, like, you just get really caught up in that. And it's very scary to change. Even if you know for you, it will make you feel better. And I think that sometimes we can get involved even in, like, an acting community where we may realize that we're not feeling good, like, the voices we're hearing are really loud, but they're like negative or the voices we're hearing aren't actually helping us move forward in career or they are kind of like, you know, like we're passionate, but like in a way that's just making us feel bad. Like you feel worse after going to class, right? Or you feel worse after listening to that person talk and it makes you feel bad about like yourself and your career and it can be really subtle at first but like then you start to rub off on other people you know like you start to become that negative person and so I think it's important to really check in with yourself and say are you willing to change even if that means changing everything that you know and if you could have something better like is that worth it to you for me I realized that I wasn't willing to spend my entire life suffering and feeling bad because of something that I thought that I was like, I wanted to have a life where I felt like I could eat food and it didn't destroy me. Right. Like I could get out of bed and not hurt. Like I wasn't bloated all the time. Like I could go to the gym and not feel like my whole body was broken from working out, you know, and I wasn't having that type of life when I was vegan. And so, yeah, carnivore might be a little extreme, but I feel amazing. And that's the most important thing 
is that I know that I'm nourishing my body and I feel good. And so while that's not for everybody, I think that that's something that you can kind of take and apply to any area in your life. Like, do you feel the best that you can feel? Because if not, are you willing to do the things to change it? Well, I don't even think it's like, are you willing? It's like, step up to the plate. Yeah. And know that there's a better way. And, you know, and I think a, a, something to bring up is like, you weren't like vegan one day and then carnivore the next. It was like a bunch of changes within your diet that you were trying to figure out. And since you kind of brought that up to you know, maybe, you know, people within their actor journey or actor friends or, or communities that for whatever reason, maybe they're not feeling good about. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to like change everything, tell everyone to F off or whatever it is, no. right? Like it's small changes in search for feeling fantastic and feeling great and feeling your best. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that you need to go drop all your friends, but what I am saying is like, if you have some friends that you notice are just complaining and normally you would complain, try just changing the subject, right? Like try to just not do it. it like scramble their brains a little bit. You know what I mean? And like see what happens and see how you feel. Or maybe you find yourself like scrolling through social media and only looking at the posts from certain people in the community that are really negative. And maybe you decide, all right, I'm just going to unfollow this person. You can always follow people again, right? But maybe you're just going to unfollow this person for a few weeks and see how it helps you. Because it's these little micro bits that chip away at us. And I don't think you really realize it until you realize that you're unhappy and you may not know why. And it might be because so many little inputs have come in and not and made you feel bad. Do you think that there's misconceptions within the entertainment industry in fitness and health? I mean, I think that I hear people say, I just had a conversation the other day with some people after a workshop and they said, well... I'm not Brad Pitt. I'm not super hot. And when I get an audition, that's whatever. I know that's what they want. And I'm like, that's insane. Like we really do live, I feel like, in an amazing time in the industry where you can be you. Like they're really, yes, like look, hot is always hot, right? But sometimes hot is not hot and I feel like these days. Well, yeah, sometimes <laughs> hot is not hot. But, but it's like, it's like nobody's blind, right? But you also really do have an opportunity to just be you and be yourself. And, you know, like whatever you look at, look like and the size that you are and like the ethnicity that you are, like you can really own that. You don't have to try to fit into another mold. Like this is such a great time. And so anybody who's feeling like I have to look a certain way or be a certain way, that's just not true. Like, especially if you're in the Southeast, like we're doing a lot of day players and like you get to just be you. And and I think that that's amazing. You know, I think that it, health and fitness is important again, because it makes you feel good and it increases your longevity and your ability to do these things. But if you think that you have to look a certain way and that's what they want, like, that's not true. If they sent you the audition, they want you to do it. And they want what you look like and they want your version of it. Talk about, because it you obviously have a solid kind of routine, I feel like some people might might like it, maybe might want to copy it a little bit. <laughs> it, maybe not, I don't maybe think so, we'll see. But what what's maybe like a routine that you like that makes you feel good? Because I do think that, you know, you're talking about actors 
you know, maybe trying to like, oh, well, I have to maybe be this Brad Pitt guy or whatever. But really, we just need to be more confident in who we are, know that that's the superpower that we bring to uh, this business for ourselves and all of our auditions. And so I think a lot of that has to do is just stepping into confidence within ourselves. But I think that could be done kind of through a routine, right? So talk about a routine that you do that makes you feel good and kind of describe that to us. I mean, I love routines. Routines are like the thing that... You hate change so much too. I really hate change. <laughs> so I love a routine. Yeah. Give that to me. Hate change. Um, I'm sure that's like some weird deep-seated childhood trauma. 100%. Which, so it's not even my fault. All right. It's not. <laughs> I don't know where it comes from, but like, it's not me. All right. Well, yell um, at your dad. Yeah. Um... <laughs> No, I mean, for me, I love a solid like I like a like a morning routine. I think that yeah. By the way, earlier you were like, oh yeah, I want to make sure I feel good so I can stay up late. Everyone, this girl is going to bed at eight thirty. She has our automatic blinds going down at like seven thirty to trick her that it's night night time. I said stay up late if I had to tape. Like stay up late if I have to tape something. Mm. Not like just to stay up late arbitrarily. That's insane. I am not 22. <laughs> I'm obviously only 28. So there we go. No, it's like a morning routine for me makes me feel good and it makes me feel like no matter what happens, if the whole day turns upside down, I have already accomplished something. So for me, it's important that I love getting up early like when it's still dark outside because I get up and I walk the dog and I feed her and then I have a little bit of time before I go to the gym and so I can meditate or you know, I can get a little bit of my emails done before anybody kind of bombards me. But it's like this quiet, dark time that I can really spend with myself and like check in with myself to see like, how do I feel today, like physically? And then like, how do I feel mentally? And like, is there anything weighing on me? And how do how am I going to like work through that for the day? Or what are my intentions for the day? And then I normally go to the gym, because that makes me feel amazing. And so after I've done those things, you know, it's a solid three or four hours of time that I've already dedicated and I feel like I've accomplished something. So having that consistently, you know, like even when we travel, I try to do that because it just makes me feel like I've done, like I've accomplished something and I'm able to kind of have that time to check in with myself. Yeah, that dark time, like you call it at 5 a.m. It is pretty crazy how just like 90% of the world is asleep. It's the best. And so because they're asleep, there is just like nothing that can bother you. Like even if you wake up and go on social media, which you shouldn't, but then go on it again like an hour later, there's nothing new. There's nothing else on there. Like there's just nothing that can distract you. So there, it is really special, but I don't know. I've read, I've read a bunch of books <laughs> with waking up at 5 a.m. I go back and- You just hate waking up early. I just go back and forth with it. And I just feel like if I- if I wake up when I when I want to wake up, I just feel so much more energized. And when I when I wake up at five a.m. with you, you're a monster. A monster. You're a monster. You're when a monster. You wake if, up at five a.m. The sleep monster has got a hold of you. I can't have a conversation with you. You're like silent. I'm like I'm afraid. Like. <laughs> Is he okay? Should I keep talking? Should I be energetic? Should I? It's the one time though where I feel like the roles are reversed because I'm like 
ready to go and like excited and you're like dead like tired and i'm like are you excited to be at the gym you know what i mean like, well once we're at the gym i feel good yeah but we got to get there into the bright lights into the bright lights yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah you're right yeah but I, that's okay we're just we're just different i mean you like to stay up late and i the sleep monster gets me when i oh my gosh 901 everyone candace is i need that beep button it's like beep dead <laughs> Like I'm dead? Is that what you're trying to say? No, like no, I no. die? Like you flatlined me? Oh no, like, no, no. Beep. It was like more like a curse word that I wouldn't say out loud to you. What is it? Never mind. I don't even know what curse word you could have put in there. Oh. Candace is a sleep? <laughs> almost. She's almost asleep. Correct. Um so <laughs> the main point is moving on right now. The main point is that. <laughs> You hate getting up early. I love getting up early. You like staying up late. I don't invite me anywhere after 7 p.m. Man, yeah. She's not happy about that. Well, I feel like I feel like there's relationships with ourselves, which I feel like we've been talking about a lot. But then I think focusing on the relationships around us are also very important. Can you talk about some of the biggest advice you've kind of picked up along the way, along your relationships that you think are important? I feel like we do a pretty good job at communicating or continuing to grow in our communication when I feel like our communication is poor we like know. romantic relationships or like friendships relationships I think both or I like think industry relationships well, you're or? my friend and you're my romantic relationship oh, uh, yeah so give sweet. it to me everyone okay but yeah talk about some stuff that you've kind of learned along the way that that is helpful within communication in relationships yeah whatever one you want to gravitate to I mean I think with well, aside from try not to get married at 23. Which you did? Which I did. <laughs> it's a practice run, y'all. Man, a um, practice run, she calls it. It's a practice run. Everyone's here for a practice run. You've added to the divorce rate. Everyone's here for a practice run. It's cool. <laughs> All right, that's fine. Yeah, so... Yeah, get warmed up so you're good with me. I'm good, bro. All right. So, yeah, I mean, I think that in romantic relationships, what I've learned is like... Not everything is that serious. Like you and your partner don't need to have the same ideals or agree on everything to have an amazing relationship. There are some fundamental things that, you know, like everybody's going to have the things that are like fundamentally important to them. But like if you don't eat candy and your partner wants to have some candy, like that doesn't mean they're a bad partner for you. Like that's just a different choice that they've chosen for themselves. You know, and I think that when I was younger, I really thought my partner needed to have every single ideal that I had. And if they didn't, I was going to explain to them why they should <laughs> because they needed to. And you did. And I did. <laughs> Practice run. So now that I'm older... It's not like I'm just conceding, like, it's fine. But it's really like, it's not, at the end of the day, like, that's just such a, like, normally the things that you think, oh, I wish they agreed with me on that, is like just such a small drop in the bucket to what, a like, choosing to be with someone in a monogamous relationship is such a, like, it really is like a, a, a really huge undertaking. And it's really sweet and wonderful that people still choose to do this. And like, so what if they've, have a different viewpoint than you on something like it doesn't mean they're a bad partner because there's so many other ways that they're going to support you and be there for you. So not everything is that precious. And then I think with my friendships 
something I've realized that as an introvert is like harder for me is that if you aren't cultivating those, like though, then like those aren't going to be there. You know, I know even, even me, because obviously I hate to be rejected and not that my friends are going to reject me, but I'm like, uh, I don't want to invite anyone out. Cause like, what if they don't want to come out? You know what I mean? But I know that in the past when I haven't done those things, those relationships, you know, like it's a two way street. Like you have to keep trying to cultivate those things. And watering those gardens and like you know showing those people you care and like asking people to hang out even if you've asked them and they said they were busy before you know what I mean so I think like being attentive to the people that are really close to you and making sure your soul cultivating those yeah I think man the the friendship relationship game for me I feel like has been I feel like I was the most naive when everyone, like, I feel like everyone in the world probably says this, right? Like, oh, as you get older, like, things change, relationships change. And I just remember in my 20s being like, that's not going to happen I'm going to live at the bungalow forever. I did love the bungalow. I'm going to have roommates the rest of my life. I love my roommates so much. Yeah, I believe it. But uh, it's just, I, I, I feel like I wish that I had the wisdom that I have now when it comes to those relationships, meaning like, yeah, we all grow and sometimes you grow together. Sometimes you kind of grow apart and understanding that that's okay. Mm -hmm. And like people don't like necessarily like owe you anything or you're not necessarily like super deserve, not that you don't deserve things, but like people don't owe you things essentially. I mean, yeah. And you don't necessarily owe them anything either you know like i think it's sort of like the people around you that don't make you feel good anymore like if that person doesn't make you feel good anymore like you don't necessarily owe them your time either kind of circles back to what right. we were talking about earlier yeah like you know if you realize that you're constantly moving forward and somebody is stuck you know in their own bubble in the past and they're always negative like and they're not doing anything you know in their world like you don't want to be around that that doesn't you don't have to like just because you were friends doesn't mean that you have to continue that friendship or that you owe them that friendship if you've tried to reach out and like encourage them and you know that's not successful yeah and and just understanding that it does happen it can be okay it doesn't mean you're bad it doesn't mean they're bad it just you know people do grow in different directions and and that's okay yeah for sure well candy vandy zandy we have to introduce to everyone the spotlight sign off. So this is going to be five questions I'm going to ask you. Oh, gosh. They don't necessarily... Oh, gosh, you're scared? Yeah. Is it like rapid fire? It doesn't necessarily have to be rapid fire. I mean, it can be, or you can take your time with the questions. Whatever happens. Okay. Everything you do is right. Remember that. Oh, boy. I'll no. remember that you said that. <laughs> And I'll actually have it recorded. <laughs> I'll so have it recorded. I'll so just it play it back. Happens to disappear. Whenever there's a question about my rightness. Oh, God. I'll just play it back. Jeez. Oh, Thank All you right. for that. Well, question number one. What is something that you're super grateful for today? Ooh, today specifically? I'm grateful for you. I think you're amazing and I love that you love to do things with me and include me and it's rare that you're ever on a journey that's completely solo like that you do. I mean, because I am right and a doctor, I understand that you value my opinion, you know, but I think like we involve each other in our like hopes and dreams and goals. And so like with the podcast, I think, you know, it's just I'm like grateful that you're always like 
wanting to do new things too and that you want to include me. Well, I love you and I'm grateful for you too, even though the question's not for me. <laughs> uh, second question is, what is a TV show, movie, book, or event that completely changed the trajectory of your life? I mean, there's just so many things. So then so easy to choose one? Um, I don't really think that's how that works. I mean, I think that probably the big, the first thing that comes to mind is I was working, when I moved back to Atlanta, I was working like, I'm not even kidding. Like I lived at my work. Like I was working a salary job and I just thought like, this is what I need to do. I was managing like multiple stores in a production facility. And I was like, this is just like what you do as an adult. You get a job, you get a salary. Like this is what you do. You work a hundred hours a week, you manage employees and I started taking acting classes. And I remember, and this is when I started interning at the studio. And I remember, I remember just being so tired <laughs> and thinking like, I think I have to quit my salary job because if I don't, I don't think I'm ever gonna be able to be an actor. I'm too tired and I can't leave work to go to these commercial auditions because everything was in person then. And like, I think that I have to quit and I don't know what I'm going to do. And I guess I'm going to have to like succumb to waiting tables again. Or I drove for Uber, which is, it was what I did. And, you know, I think like making that decision to like take that leap of faith did change my whole life because I wouldn't have been able to sustain like focusing on an acting career and interning at the studio, which really brought me joy and working hundred hours a week at my job. There's just no way. Uh, we talked about your routine a little bit. What is one part of your routine that you really cherish? The silence. I I mean. Spoken like a true introvert. Yeah, I love this. I, well, yeah, I love it. I, I love the quiet because it helps me hear myself better. And I think that we're bombarded with noises and sounds and videos all day long. And so like I can really hear my own thoughts in the silence and sometimes they're positive and sometimes they're not great and I need to reframe them, but it really does help me just hear like it's a barometer of where I'm at. What is a mantra that you live by that also helps you within your business? Well, this is a mantra that I like sort of reiterate in my own life. And so I think that it inadvertently helps in the actor business is that it's never too late to completely change your life. And it's never too late to like start again, whether that means like getting reinvigorated with your acting career or starting a new diet that you wanted to or starting a new workout routine or changing your career or starting a new hobby. Like I think so many people, they're like, well, by this age, I can't redo it again. Or I, I got so far and I failed. And so like, I can't start over because what will people think of me? Or, well, I can't do this because like all my friends think I do X, Y, Z, you know? And so I just know in my life, I've had many iterations of who I am and what I believe and what I know to be true. And so it's, it's never too late. You can literally be anything you want to be whenever you want to be it. And I think that if you remember that, it gives you all the power that everybody's always trying to take away from you. Damn, let's go. Amen. And so then last question, which maybe even pairs up, we'll see, 
is uh, if we could give the world a piece of advice based on your life right now, what would that piece of advice be? It's such a heavy question. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> that's it. Um, Did you come here for light shit? I mean, I thought this was going to be funny. I was actually told you're there would be funny. snacks. Like, you're, I don't know. You're very funny. Um, no, I'm funny. I'm waiting for the funny from you. I wasn't funny no, at you're all. Funny. No, you were funny. Um, I think that everyone I think comment just... <laughs> who was funnier. Let's see who wins. That's aggressive. <laughs> I think that goes back to what I was saying. Don't be afraid of what other people think if you want to try something new, whether that's a new hobby or a lifestyle change or a relationship change or, you know, a diet change. Like, don't be afraid of what other people are going to think about you because nobody cares about you that much. And I mean that in the nicest possible way. Like, people just aren't thinking about you like you think they're thinking about you. Did people even notice that I started eating 18 hamburgers a day and stopped eating tofu? <laughs> they probably didn't. And I was terrified and that they would. And you deleted those Instagram pictures for no reason. And I deleted those Instagram pictures. Well, you know, it has to make sense. But yeah, I'm just like, don't let the fear of what other people are going to think about you stop you from changing your life for the better. Because you deserve to have a life where you feel good and inspired and happy. Boom. I love it. Candy Vandy Zandy, Candace Malinowski. Thank you so much for Malinowski, being Malinowski Vandy Zandy. Malinowski. Yeah. Could you imagine if that's what it was on your I mean, ID? I wouldn't. Candace Malinowski, Candy Malinowski, Vandy Zandy. That's so many letters in a scantron. There's no way I'm getting it anywhere. There's no way. Uh-uh. But thank you so much. I love Thanks you. Thanks for having me. I love um, you. Your, uh, I thought your insight was fantastic. Everyone, thank you so much for watching. Uh, if you liked this episode, please send it to an actor friend or any friend for that matter that you think would get a lot out of this. And then please subscribe or and definitely leave us a review. It's going to help us in a big, big way grow this so we can continue to bring you fantastic, powerful guests to help and serve you in a big way. Everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to Get Seen Unscripted. We'll see you on the next one.